How is data transforming business? Presented by Enterprise Management 360 and moderated by Donna Burbank. Hello and welcome to the third installment of the EM360 podcast series on how data is transforming the business in today's marketplace. I'm Donna Burbank and I'll be your host for today's discussion. As you know, data is a hot topic in business today, which is most likely why you've joined us for this podcast. And what's exciting in the market now is that now entirely new business models are emerging based on data and technology. Think of Uber versus taxis or online retail versus brick-and-mortar stores. I mean, you might think of Amazon, for example. They're an online retail company, but at their core, they're very much in the business of data, which is one of their main assets. So you might be familiar with their recommendation engine, right? So you've bought this. Other customers have bought something similar. You might like this. I mean, it's worked for me. You buy something and you see a book that someone else has bought, right? So that recommendation engine is really based on an artificial intelligence project, which is based on the vast amounts of consumer data that Amazon has at their disposal, right? They have all the purchasing patterns of thousands or millions of people across the globe, right? And FYI, that artificial intelligence code is now open source if you want to play around with it yourself. But much of the focus on data-driven transformation, and I'm I'm sure if you're on the podcast, you've you've heard of this, a lot of the focus is often on the flashy technologies, right? Things like artificial intelligence, machine learning, Internet of Things, right? So data modeling, which is the topic of today's discussion, is very rarely at the center of these discussions. And we're hoping that today's podcast begins to change that. So for those of you not familiar with data modeling, a data model is a tool that actually has a number of purposes. On one side, it's used to create and manage the database structures that drive the business, right, for your customers, your products, etc. But more importantly to today's discussion, a data model also describes a business, right, and how can data optimize or even transform the entire organization through data when you leverage it effectively. So I spend a lot of my time in my consulting practice working with organizations around the globe, big and small, help optimize their business models and their business processes using data. And I always start with the data model. So we're always all affected by data models every day, whether we realize it or not. And as a proudly proclaimed data management nerd, (laughs) I get perverse pleasure out of finding these examples in my business interactions each day. And hopefully after today's podcast, you'll see some of these too. So for example, let's take the following scenario, and I'm sure this has happened to all of us, right? So you're a customer at a large financial institution, and you have a credit card with that company. So you get a bill every month, and along with that bill, you get an ad. Please sign up for this new credit card with this great rate. Well, that annoys me because don't they already know that I'm a customer, right? And so why are they giving me an ad for a customer of a credit card I already have? And more annoyingly, why do they give me a lower rate, right? So wouldn't as a valued customer, I get a lower rate than an introductory offer? So that, and we'll hopefully explain by the end of the podcast, is all driven by a data model. Or that's one example. I'm sure you've thought of many more. For example, I've Don't get me on my rant, right? But I've been trying to change my address with my insurance company for about six months. And they'll get the bill right with my address, and then they'll send me a statement of services and a different address. Can't they have a single view of customer with a single view of address? But they don't, and that's all driven by a data model. So these are some negative examples, but there are definitely positive ones too. So as a consultant, I spend much of my time on an airplane, and although we all love to hate the airlines, I have to say, that my preferred airline, where I'm a frequent flyer, has gotten their customer service right. And that customer service is all based on data. And I happen to know, for the record, that they do have a data model and a big data warehouse driving this system. So, of course, that's what I think of when I call customer service. Um, But recently, for example, I needed to change a flight online, and I couldn't do it online. There was some error, so I went to call the help desk. 
So I called customer service and I was greeted with, Ms. Burbank, welcome back. I see you were trying to book a flight online from Denver to London. Is this why you're calling? Okay, so there was a slight creep factor there. <laughs> but actually, from my phone number, they were able to see that I was Donna Burbank, that I was a gold platinum member, uh, and that I was try- I had just two minutes ago tried to book online. That was valuable, and I did feel valuable. And more importantly, it was helpful. So I will definitely come back to the airline. So that's just one example of the positive interaction points that can be driven at the back end by data. They had all the connection points of a customer. What are the touch points between customer? How it affects different areas of the company? And again, you might not initially think of a data model when you think of this data-driven business, but again, hopefully after today's podcast, you will. And on that note, without further ado, allow me to introduce my special guests on today's podcast who are longtime colleagues of mine in the world of data modeling. So we have Danny Sedwell, who is the product manager of Irwin, which is a longtime leader in the data modeling space. We have Simon Carter, who is the CEO of Sandhill, which is a consulting company who has worked for many, many years in the data modeling space. And we have Dr. Jean-Marie Feaster, which is a business owner of customer data, well, good case in point, at Swisscom, which is a large telecom company in Zurich. And he'll offer some real-world experiences on how data models can help improve the customer experience. So to start off my questions, let's start with that idea of what a data model is. So a data model is not a concept that may be familiar to all of our listeners. So let's start with you, Danny. How would you define a data model for an average layperson on the street? And and why would a data model be important to an organization? Hey, thanks, Donna. The example analogy that I generally use is, is that of a blueprint for your house. So think of a data model as the blueprint for, for a database or a data architecture uh, within your organization. And it equates to that blueprint in that it gives you a visual viewpoint with a lot of valuable detail, but that detail is there for a lot of different people and a lot of different audiences. So you wouldn't build your house without a blueprint. But when you look at that blueprint, first off, there's great information for the people that are building the house. You know, where where should the foundations be? What are the measurements? You know, what do they need to build? What do they need to cut? What do they need to nail together? But then there's more to that data model because, or that blueprint because there's also interfaces that are defined in there. So people that are going to be hooking you up to gas or water or electricity in the, in the home, they know where those pieces are, what the details and, and metadata are behind those and can understand that. But then when you look at the blueprint, think of the end user. Think of the business person who's going to be living in that house and hiring people to decorate that. They can also use that to give people that same information, but in their perspective. And to me, that's really what a data model is for for a database or a data source or a data architecture. It's a view in great detail, visual in nature, but with many different contexts and many different perspectives for the different people and different stakeholders that might be working with that data. Yeah, that's a great analogy, kind of the idea of an architecture of a house. So, Simon, I mean, you do this in your consulting business every day. Do you agree with that explanation? Do you kind of have a different explanation for what a data model is? I have a slightly different explanation. My role is uh, to talk to people, often at a high level, And I think it's good to be able to explain things in a way which is very easy to understand. And the house analogy from Danny is great. But I I talk about it as a data model being like a map to help you navigate through your data landscape with data entities instead of places and relationships instead of roads. And as with a map, 
there are different types for different purposes. You know, people have uh, street maps, uh, site plans, um, navigation charts, and there's also different scales or levels of detail. So in a similar way, a data model can use symbols to represent different concepts within your data. And it has the detail relevant to its purpose, and that's important. And an important companion to that graphical element, that visualization of the model, is the data dictionary, which describes the data elements in the map in a similar way to how a gazetteer describes places on a geographical map. So taken together, these are useful documents to detail where you are, where you want to be, and how to get there as far as your data is concerned. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think both of you touched on that fact that it has that dual purpose of you know the business side and also getting back to those technical connections, right? So, Jean-Marie, I mean, you're doing this every day in a real-world business. What are your thoughts on how would you explain a data model to a layperson? Simon and Danny gave a very good idea of what a data model is. And for us, it helps us we who are more technical to talk with the business and show them a representation of the data or information reality within the company. We can tell them, look, we have customer information and it's related in that and that way with incident information or with inventory information. And it makes it very easy for the non-technical people to understand why in some ways, some things are not possible. When they ask, give me a report with that and that, and we say, look, that's how the data is kept within the company. We don't have any relationship between that part of the data and that other part of the data, so we cannot put together a report or an analysis on that data. So it's, it helps us when we talk with business people to make them understand how the data is represented or the information that we store is represented within the company. You know, I'd agree with that. And I've had some similar sort of aha moments where I think where the light bulb goes off with some of the business people when they start to see those interrelationships. And I think that's what often doesn't click. So both on the difficult side of, hey, we can't do that, they don't link. But sometimes on the other positive side, too, they say, wow, I never knew we had that interrelationship between customers and their purchasing power. You know, so it can also be on the positive side, too. But Jean-Marie did touch on a, a great topic of that we often associate data model with those technical tasks, you know, creating a database, creating data structures. So, Zamari, you just kind of touched on that example. Do you think a data model could be used for that pure business level design? And if so, how would you think that could be used? Oh, yes, we use it for that. We, we do a lot of design of the business part of the data warehouse, of the business intelligence based on the data model. We, we work with the business people and based on the data model, they, they suddenly see, oh, okay, I can have that information linked with that other information on the same report. That's what I want. Or, okay, uh, I need more. And, uh, and then we come back and say, look, we don't have more. We, can, we cannot give you that because within the company, we don't store that information we don't keep that information uh, yet. It helps also if somebody says, okay, but I want that information, then to go back to the source systems and, uh, and ask them, 
to keep that information and send it to us. We use it for documentation. We use it to talk with the business people and to get business requirements uh, aligned with what, uh, what we can offer technically. And do you feel when you show the actual data model to a business person, is that a good communication tool? Do you think they understand when they see those relationships? Oh, yes. As long as they understand the concept, customer, contract, inventory, and you explain to them where to, to find it within the data model, they suddenly see, oh, okay, it's interrelated or no, it's completely separated. It has mm. no relationship and it helps them understand what they can get together and what belongs together and what doesn't belong together. We have had lengthy discussions where, where some people wanted to see information on incidents related to a certain contract. And we said, look, we don't do that. Incidents are related to a customer, not to a contract. So you cannot have a contract level report on incidents. And when they see the data model, it helps them realize, okay, that's, that's the limit where, where we can have uh, stuff or we can't have it. You're listening to the Data Transforming Business Series here on EM360 Tech Radio. Now, Simon, you work with customers often in your consultancy. Do you think that a data model can be used for business-level design as well as the technical? Yes, and, and we explain it like this. by There's a common taxonomy, if I could say it properly, categorizing models into three types, business, application, and implementation models. And business models are descriptive of the current or required business data. Application models represent a technology agnostic design for the efficient storage and retrieval of the data described in the business models. And implementation models add the necessary technical data for a specific target technology. And while the application model is often associated with a computer software application, it could just as easily be for a new business process design, let's say. So that's how we we would describe the types of models, and yes, I really would agree with what Jean-Marie was saying, which is, you know, it is a communication tool with the users. It, as long as you have an understanding and can speak to that at the right level, you can actually talk to the business about their data. Yeah, and I liked your point, too, about how it can really relate to business processes, and often mm. I've seen success with kind of linking those two together. Danny, I mean, you've been in this business for a long time, speaking with many customers. What, what do you think? Do you see this as business-level design as much as the technical? Absolutely, Donna. In fact, you know, one of the, the pleasures of my job is going around to different events and, and being able to, to meet our customers as well as, as, you know, other data management professionals. I've seen a real trend over the last few years. We've all been in this business for a while and, and you know, our, our experience, especially back in the day, would be, you know, trying to get a business person to help you construct that data model and trying to get their time. And, you know, you, you schedule the time, they don't show up. You schedule the time, they don't show up. What I'm seeing now is that, you know, attendance at these types of conferences that I go to is really starting to move where there's a, a, a preponderance of business people actually there and interested. So what I'm seeing is is ownership of the the model and the data modeling process 
uh, being co-owned now between IT and the business because the business is seeing the value, as Jean-Marie and, and, and Simon said. It really helps them you know, get into something that's complex, understand it, talk in their terms, and really be able to, to contribute to the overall health and welfare of the data of an organization. So as data becomes more democratized, you know, it's not just the end users using the data model to understand it. They're actually participating, and we're seeing more business people in the process of building that model and, and really you know, uh, putting some skin in the game. So to me, it, it should be a business function first before it becomes a technical function, because until we understand the business and how it aligns to the business, we can't make some of the key decisions on how we're going to implement that and how we're going to align that with any applications that might be serving that part of the business. No, and that, that's a great point, this democratization of data. And I'm, I'm at some of those similar conferences, and I'm seeing the same trend of not only business people attending the conference to understand how data works. And I've actually seen some folks sort of jump ship from I used to be in finance or I used to be in supply chain. And to fix my problem, I had to do data. And, hey, it was kind of cool. <laughs> and they actually kind of joined forces with the data folks. So definitely agree with that trend. So we've been talking about data as a business driver and, and data about business. And the, the business people on the call are saying, yeah, that's great. You know, I know I have customers and they relate to contracts and that sort of thing. But when I think of business, I think of the bottom line, right? Profitability and new business opportunities. So do you think that a data model really is a cost saver and revenue driver? Is, is it just on the cost saving size? Could it actually drive revenue? Could it do both? So Simon, what do you think? about this as data actually driving business profitability? Yeah, I think it does. Data models obviously facilitate efficiency improvements, and they do that by identifying and eliminating duplication and promoting standardization. So you know, efficiency improvements are going to bring you some, uh, some cost reduction there. And the reduction in operational risk through improved data quality can also deliver a, a really competitive edge. So opportunities too for automation and uh, rapid deployment of new technologies by a, a really good understanding of your underlying data can make an organization really agile and obviously reduce time to market for new products and services. So overall, absolutely, I can see it driving efficiency, reducing costs, and actually delivering, you know, serious financial benefit. Yeah, no, I'd agree. And I like you know, that you use that word agile because I think a lot of people, when they think of agile, don't think of a data model. But I've seen it's so much more efficient to yeah. design it right and build it. So, Jean-Marie, what, what are your thoughts on this? I think for us, it's mostly something that increases efficiency and in the end, help us reduce costs because it makes maintenance of a data warehouse much easier. If you have a proper data model, you don't have that chaos that uh, that happens if you if you just get data in and never model it correctly. And then to start with, it's sometimes easier to just get data in and get the first reports out. But down the road, two or three years down the road, then uh, when you try to maintain that chaos, it's much, much more costly. So we like to do the thing right from the beginning. We model it, we integrate it, we avoid data redundancy that way, and it makes it much cheaper in the end. Uh, you have a little bit longer at the beginning to do it properly, 
But uh, in the long run, uh, or even in the medium run, you are much more efficient and much much faster because sometimes uh, you already have the data that is needed for a new report. And if you don't have a data model, you don't realize that you already have that data. And then you, you recreate a new interface and get the data a second, third, fourth, tenth time. And it, that's much it takes much more longer and it, it, uh, it's more costly. So yes, it's certainly more efficient, reduce costs. And because you have the data and because you can visualize what you already have, it's, uh, it certainly gives uh, some more opportunity uh, to get new business or new ideas, new analytics, and that helps the business getting ahead of the competition. Good point, both on the, the efficiency and the new innovation point. Danny, what do you think? Well, it's funny. I've been, you know, as always, I'm trying to read and make myself uh, smarter than my natural capabilities uh, allow. And uh, what I'm really seeing, a, a lot of surveys of, of organizations, whether it's the CIO, the CEO, or the CDO, uh, and talking about their approach to uh, data management. Uh, and their approach to their business from a data-driven perspective. And there's an unbelievable correlation between people that take a business-focused approach to data management, so business alignment first, technology and and, uh, infrastructure second, and the growth of those companies overall. So great correlation between business alignment with data management strategy and high-growth companies businesses that are a little behind the curve in terms of that alignment in their data strategy tend to be lower growth companies. And the way that people are looking at data because of, you know, they're looking at it as a proper asset, they're not just looking at, you know, return on investment, they're looking at return on on opportunity. And that return on the opportunity, which means, you know, they have data, what does that data bring them, increases significantly when you bring that data to the business and make it easy for them to access. So the data model is the place where business aligns with data. So to have a business-driven data strategy requires that process of modeling to do it properly. And then pushing that information out, one of the benefits of data modeling is it just doesn't support the initiative today. You know, if you do it right and you set it up right, it supports the initiative today, tomorrow, and the day after that at a much lower cost every time you iterate against that data model uh, to bring value to a specific initiative. So, you know, by opening it up and allowing people to understand the data model in their own time, in their own terms, it increases trust in data. And when you have trust in data, then you have strategic data usage. When you have strategic data usage, all the statistics are showing that that leads not just to to efficiencies and, and uh, you know, lower costs, but to new opportunities and growth in businesses. So Danny just touched on a number of different roles there, from the, the CIO to the CDO to the you know the CEO looking for new business opportunities. And I think you mentioned earlier, Danny, that and I would agree, this idea of the democratization of data and this idea of you know more data in more people's hands with self-service. Um, you know, we hear things of data wrangling and, and BI reporting. You know, self-service BI, a lot more interaction with business users. So, who in an organization typically uses? data models? Do all those roles we just mentioned use them? Is it more IT building them and showing them to the data users? So Jean-Marie, what do, what do you think? What types of roles would use a data model in an organization? In our organization, the, the user are still a majority of 
technical users. It's the, the people that work either in BI itself, in the BICC, building analytics, building reports, or building ETL jobs, stuff like that. But increasingly, we also have power users that are outside of the BICC that are sufficiently technically affin that they can see the use of the model and then use the model as a documentation to see, okay, what kind of data do I need for my report, for my cockpit, whatever, for my BI put together? And how do I link that data together to get something that is efficient and that is meaningful. So it's it's still very technical uh, in at Swisscom, but it's getting a little bit broader that we have the, the power users that are outside of the BICC using the data model as a documentation tool. And by data model, not only the, the, the graphical representation, but as Danny mentioned at the beginning, also the data dictionary that gives the business explanation and the business description also of the fields, of the, the columns, of the attributes that you have in each of the entities. Yeah, so I guess that's a good segue back to Danny. Do you agree with Jean-Marie that it's mostly the technical team with some business people viewing or are you seeing a different trend? I think that is still for a large segment of, uh, of, of the business world. It is still that sort of the doing is done by the technical or the IT person, the viewing and the understanding, and more and more collaboration is on the business side. But I think there's also a difference um, in terms of, of the maturity of the organization and the life cycle of the organization. Organizations that have a, a large legacy and have been in business, you know, transitioning from a brick and mortar traditional business to a more of a digital business going forward, they have, you know, some challenges with legacy infrastructure and that legacy infrastructure requires IT to be involved a lot more hands-on because it's just that big, it's it's that complex, and there are, are you know a lot of constraints. You have a lot of organizations that are starting up now that have no legacy to deal with and have access to the cloud and all these self-service, off-premise type capabilities, and their infrastructure is much newer. And what I'm seeing in organizations like that is you know beyond just viewing data models, they're actually starting to build the data models. So you're starting to see, you know, power users or analysts on the business side, you know, folks like that, that are building a conceptual data model and then using that conceptual data model to start going to whatever IT service they have, whether it's, you know, in the cloud on-prem to show what their requirements are and then have those things built underneath. You know, so we're still very much in flux in terms of where an organization is, what their history is, and how far they've transformed in terms of becoming a digital business. But but I'm seeing that, that trend go where you have more and more business people involved in the actual building at the appropriate level, and then using that as the handoff and the contract between them and all the different service providers that they might be taking advantage of, whether it's, you know, traditional BI and, and ETL type architectures, or whether it's, you know, these new analytics use cases supported by data virtualization. At the end of the day, the business person is, is able to articulate their requirements, their needs, and then push that down, whereas it used to be much more of a bottom-up type approach. So, Simon, uh, what are your thoughts? I very much sort of uh, follow the line, I think, that Danny was taking there, which is that uh, 
most of the doing is still done by the technical team. You know, most of the building of the of the models is done by the technical team. But uh, whilst an awful lot of looking at models is being done by the business users, they're also verifying things and contributing significantly to uh, to the data model. I'll go back to my common taxonomy, and you know, business models are being used by business analysts to validate data requirements with subject matter experts, SMEs, and can be the basis of data glossaries for use throughout an organization. Application models are used by solution architects who are designing and validating solutions to store and retrieve the business data and to communicate that design to developers. Yeah, implementation models are used by database designers and administrators to create and maintain the structures needed to implement the design. Increasingly, though, the business-level metadata is being used to enable those business users to drill down into the actual data and verify its lineage and quality. And that's due to the ability to map a business term right through the various models to the data it describes. And a yeah, great example of that is the Irwin Web Portal. That provides a great capability to do that. So that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, so several of you touched on this idea that things are changing a little bit. And, and we talked earlier in the introduction of you know, a lot of the focus when we talk about data-driven transformation is on some of these new technologies. You know, Danny mentioned the cloud or you know, big data. We talk a lot about Internet of Things. So you know, a lot of the historical association with the data model is on kind of the traditional relational databases, data warehouses. Um, do you think data modeling is still relevant with these new technologies? Is it becoming more relevant, less so? Um, what are your thoughts there? So, Simon, I'll pass that back to you. What do you think? Well, again, I'm going to be quite short on this. I think I think data modeling is still incredibly relevant in this you know new age of data technologies. Yeah, big data is referring to data storage and retrieval technology. The business and application models are really unaffected by the new technology. Yeah, all we need is for the implementation models to be uh, yeah got to be able to properly represent any new technology requirements. And again, just to touch on uh, Danny's home, Irwin uh, data model already has the ability to reverse engineer from some of these new technologies and work is progressing on forward engineering to them as well. So, yeah, we really do believe data modeling is very relevant uh, with the new data technologies. Great. So, Danny, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, what I'm seeing with big data, it's it's very uh, common trend uh, in, in technology and in support of the business over the years. Generally, there's new technologies that come out and everybody thinks they're the be-all, end-all. They're going to, you know, basically uh, re-engineer the world and, and, and leave everything else behind. But the reality is, is that generally you end up using big data for the appropriate applications that traditional data doesn't handle, but you're not going to rip and replace all of the, the infrastructure that you have underneath, you know, supporting your, your traditional business data. So we end up with that hybrid data architecture. And with that hybrid data architecture, it becomes even more important to have the data model because there are some significant differences in terms of where data may actually physically sit in the organization. So what we're seeing uh, is is initially, and, and this is again a common migration of thought processes. You know, people get this new technology. They say we don't need 
any stinking models. We can just go forward. We know how to work with this technology. And that works when things are very encapsulated, when things are, are together and they're not looking for integration. But the reality is, is whatever's in big data probably needs to be integrated with the rest of the data. So what we're seeing is, is at the outset, people are using the data model to document what is in those big data instances, because it's really a bit of a black box to the business. And the business is where data touches value and drives value. So the business requires requires it. And as we see more and more of an impetus for, for proper data governance, both to manage the assets that are strategic in our organization, but also to you know, respond to the legislative and regulatory type compliance requirements that are now becoming a reality for most businesses, there's a need there. So first off, it's, it's a documentation tool so that people can see data no matter where it sits in the same format and relate to that data from a business perspective. It's building it into the architecture so that you can see that it's governed and managed with the same rigor that the rest of your data is so that you can establish trust in data across your organization. As Simon said, you know, over time, people will start to see the value of using this technology to actually start building those big data instances. And that's starting to happen now. And that's, you know, something that we're working on to support people because there are some some significant differences when you get down to that physical or deployment level between the type of data model that will be valuable. But right now, people are using it for the purposes of business integration, data governance, and ensuring that they have compliance and trust in their data across the organization. Great. And and Jean-Marie, I mean, you've got an interesting perspective because I know you've run a data warehousing practice for years, but also kind of keep your eye on new technology. So from kind of the implementation, you know, real world perspective, what are your thoughts on this? I think what we see at, at our place when I look at the big data clusters that we have it's a mix because if you have stuff that you do one shot, one time shots at the data and then you do some analytics, then you probably are using something like a schema on read and then you don't have really a data model. But as soon as you get the big data cluster to do analytics on a repetitive way where you have the same questions popping up every day, every week, every month for your analytics, then you you suddenly will have some of the part of your big data cluster that are schema on right, and then you have a data model because that's the only way that you can ensure that your analytics, your data mining and whatnot encounter always the same structure of the data. So it's a mix. You have some part of the big data cluster that are not modeled because they are very transient. And you have some uh, some part of the data cluster that you use as a source for your data warehouse or for other analytics systems. Those are definitely modeled. Otherwise, you, you, you waste too much time every time that, that there's something changes. Unfortunately, we are out of time today, but that was some very interesting perspectives on, and I hope um, you, you as a listener have gotten some good insights on how data models, which are often seen as kind of a technical technical artifact, can really help drive uh, data transformation in today's business. So I'd like to thank you for joining the EM360 podcast series on how data is transforming the business in today's marketplace, and we hope to see you in the next installation. How is data transforming business? This podcast was presented by Enterprise Management 360 and moderated by Donna Burbank. 
Head to em360tech.com for more. Pour avoir un site bien conçu et bien référencé, il y a ceux qui galèrent bien. Et puis il y a les autres, ceux qui veulent créer eux-mêmes leur site facilement et ceux qui préfèrent ne rien faire. Pour eux, Yono s'occupe de tout. Ce qui est sûr, c'est qu'avec Yonos, on peut toujours faire appel à son conseiller personnel, comme s'il était dans le bureau d'à côté. À choisir, vous préférez quoi Un tuto ou un conseiller que vous finirez par tutoyer À bientôt sur Yonos, ionos.fr slash podcast. Bonne écoute